On your Wednesday episode of Locked On Raptors, Canada takes down Slovenia 189 to advance to the semifinals of the FIBA World Cup. And Nick Angstadt of Locked On Mavs, aka Locked On Slovenia, is here to break it all down. Let's get to it on today's show. Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot trying to miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on and welcome to another episode of Lockdown Raptors, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Wednesday, September the 6th, and I'm your host, Sean Woodley. I've been covering the Toronto Raptors now for nine seasons on various platforms. You can follow my work over on Twitter at WoodleySean. You can follow, subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast for free on your favorite podcast apps and on YouTube. And you can always join the Lockdown Raptors Discord server. The link is in the description. Come hang out. It's a lovely little family we got building around the show fantasy basketball league starting up maybe multiple leagues depending on who's in uh we got lots of great stuff and the season is drawing near you're gonna want to be in there it's been fun talking about the canada games in the discord come hang out on friday morning 4 45 a.m if you want to be there as canada has beaten slovenia and is now moving on to the semifinals they will play for a medal at the very least at the world cup and on today's show, which is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On, make every moment more. New customers bet five bucks and get two hundred bucks in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com/lockedon to get started. On today's show, we are digging into the game against Slovenia with Locked On Mavericks, aka Locked On Slovenia host Nick Angstat. Uh, we jumped on the horn right after the game, talked about our big takeaways. Uh, you know, Luka Doncic getting ejected for complaining about calls. That was fun. Uh, Dylan Brooks getting ejected for being too damn cool and too damn much for Slovenia to handle. Also pretty fun. Didn't end up hurting them in the end. Let's get to it. The conversation with Nick Angstad, a little crossover action here, talking Canada-Slovenia as Canada preps for the semifinals against Serbia on Friday morning. But without further ado, let's get to it. Myself and Nick talking Canada-Slovenia. And joining me here, and I'm joining him there, host of Lockdown Raptors. What you got for me, Sean Woodley? I mean, I got a, a semifinal appearance for the beloved Canadian national team. Uh, locked on Raptors is just locked on Canada right now because the <laughs> Raptors are a drag to talk about at the present time. So uh, thrilled to be watching some really exciting, fun basketball. And man, I, this was like the best of both worlds for me, this game, because the first half was just like really fun, great FIBA basketball, 50-50. I think it was tied at the half. Uh, beautiful stuff. And then Canada completely blows out Slovenia in the second half. It was beautiful. Like All of the all the boxes checked of what I'm looking for in morning September basketball. <laughs> Does Canada or the Toronto Raptors have more NBA players on it? Okay, now, uh, well, Malachi Flynn is on the Raptors, so that's one non-NBA player. 
I guess you could say like present day Thad Young is kind of on the fringe. Uh, I'll give the edge to Canada or to the Raptors, but uh, just by a smidge, <laughs> considering Canada has literally a college player on the team right now. Well, can, yeah, yeah, that, that, it's very true with Zach Eady. Uh, but considering that the NBA team would have more NBA players on it, depends on your definition of what an NBA player is at that point. <laughs> but all right, today we're going to talk about FIBA. We're going to talk about Canada versus Slovenia. We set this up before this game and wanted to uh, do a crossover because Sean Woodley covers the Toronto Raptors and obviously Canada and Canada basketball. We've got Dwight Powell and Hell yeah. uh, and Luka Doncic obviously on Slovenia. We've been covering all the Slovenia games over on Lockdown Mavericks. Those now come to, those now come to an abrupt end here. Well, you're not going to do the consolation games, the the battle for fifth place and uh, not an well, Olympic berth. I'll see if <laughs> we'll see if Luka does it. He's been dealing with some some injuries here and there. He had the elbow thing again. I call them Luca boo-boos because they're not really real injuries. He just kind of like comes up hurt and then he just plays well the rest of the game. And you're like, okay, well, this doesn't really matter. But all right, we got to start here. Luka Doncic gets ejected in the uh, in the third quarter or in the fourth, late in the fourth quarter of this game. About six minutes, six and a half minutes left in this game. Dylan Brooks, about 30, almost exactly 30 seconds before that was also ejected in this game. The story of this game coming out of it is going to be Luca's emotional intelligence, Luca's arguing with the refs, uh, the re- what the refs did in this game, and I I think that that's what it was. Uh, Slovenia came into this game with an eight and a half point, an eight and a half point underdog according to, to FanDuel. They have way less NBA players. This Canada team should be much better. And so if there's any talk of well, Slovenia really bad showing from them, they should have been much better. It's not it's not necessarily the case in this one, but no. Slovenia. Slovenia was tied. It was tied 50-50 at halftime, like you said. And then the third quarter, Canada just really took over. Slovenia got really distracted from, you know, bad calls and things like that. It really got in their heads. It's a thing that we've seen from Luka teams since his second year in the NBA when he really took over the, you know, the team. Like the team takes on that type, that type of mentality. It hurt them in this one. It wasn't the only thing that hurt them in this one, but uh, Canada really taking over was what did it in the third quarter. Yeah, I, I mean, for me, so Canada with FIBA has been a long and arduous road. For those who are not familiar, for those in Slovenia just tuning in, kind of what's what's the deal with this Canada team? Like, it, it's been tough, right? Like, they just qualified for the Olympics for the first time since 2000 by beating Spain in the last game of the group stage. Uh, in between there, there have been a lot of really just gross disappointments, a last chance tournament, winner go home game against the Czechs back in 2021 in Canada, mind you, and they lose that, and it was a total disaster. They lost a game against a NBA playerless Venezuela back in 2015 <laughs> in Mexico to not make the Olympics in 2016. It's just been a really long road, and I think the biggest challenge for Canada over the course of that time has been kind of adapting to the FIBA style of play. You know, their athleticism is undeniable. They obviously have the talent to outstrip most of these rosters with NBA players up and down. But the FIBA style has always been kind of a challenge. And I think what we saw specifically in the third quarter was the sort of marrying of Canada's elite athleticism and just like general overall talent with the sort of guile to play the FIBA style. And it led to, what was it, like a 17-5 run to open the third quarter after that very tight first half. You know, Slovenia slows down a little bit. They still shot 15 of 31 from three in this game. It's pretty nuts. Uh, And that was why they were able to kind of hang 
playing in it, but this was another example of Canada kind of figuring out the FIBA style. Jordi Fernandez's new coach is obviously, um, you know, really kind of instilled a really great sort of cohesive energy into this team. And I think it ultimately all flows from Shea Gildas Alexander, who is incredible, who is the star player who doesn't go whine all the time. Uh, can't relate to having a, a non whiny best player on my team, uh, but he was unbelievable. 31 points in this one, gets to the line, goes 14 of 16 from the line in this one. How many? Ten wait, boards, hold, hold four on. assists. Hold on, wait. What'd you say? How many? Fourteen to sixteen. You should stop six, fouling six, Shea Gildas Alexander. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice. It's nice to have a nice whistle at, at times in this game. And I just, yeah, I, it, for it, me, it if takes... I were Slovenia, I would practice more discipline and uh, you know, just like sound fundamental defense. But that's just me. <laughs> Luca, Luca, Luca took himself out of the game with the yeah. complaining to the refs. The, the calls were egregious. I, it was so. They're always egregious in FIBA, though. Like I, I'm abstaining from ref talk. This is like a rule I right, have I'll on let, my podcast. I know you want me the to Mavs do... contingent always has to talk about refs because Luca is is Luca, but uh, I'm abstaining can, from go, ref complaints. You want, me, you want me to go full screen? I'll just take I'll just take you out of this one for a second <laughs> as, I, as I do it. Uh, that, the calls were bad. Like you, you you look at this game and you try to you try to call it as you're as you're watching it and. The calls that even early on, the calls that SGA was getting was not the same way that Luca was getting calls. Luca is six eight. He's huge. He gets hit on every play. It's almost like, you know, he gets a shack effect almost where there's just going to be contact. He initiates a lot of contact too. And so if there's going to be contact, he wants the same types of fouls. And he's not going to get the same types of fouls that an SGA who was just like long, wiry, like a slinky. Like I think who was it? Uh, Caitlin Cooper, somebody called him like a slinky playing playing basketball out yeah, there. Basically, much, yeah. is what he is, and you're not, you're just not going to get those same t- sort of touch fouls that SGA was getting. And so Luca just looks at those two things and says, "Well, this is this is not making any sense." Wines Wines complains about it, gets called for a tech, and then looks at his coach and starts complaining to his coach that he's got to put more <laughs> pressure on the. It's like, if it can't be me, it's got to be somebody. So he puts pressure on his. Someone coach. must scream at this official. Then, Someone has to do it. To then put pressure to try and equal out the, the fouls in this game, and it just it just wasn't going to happen at any point. And these FIBA refs, even more so than the NBA, I think they don't get shown up. And no. they all what these FIBA refs also have done in all these games I've watched. I watch all of Canada. I watch all of Australia. I watch all of Slovenia. Now, is they. They take the collective and charge individual players for the collective. So, like, hmm. Gregor Horvat gets called for a tech in the fourth quarter when, like, Luca had been the one complaining, the, the coach had been the one complaining, and he complains about one call, and they're like, nope, technical, technical foul <laughs> on you, and he gets ejected from the game uh, at that point. And so, like, it's just a, a different – it's a different style, but I also think that – for all that can be said about Luca's whining and complaining, yes, that you know the calls were, were not equal on, on each side. Yes, the calls were, you know, seemed to be lopsided. He's gotta stay, he's gotta stay engaged in, in the game and not engaged Especially in the, in the game. Especially when you know you're your team's best hope of having a chance in a game you're trailing, right? Like I know Slovenia kind of went on a bit of a comeback after he got ejected. Uh, Ewing theory, anybody? But, uh, like, you know, you have to kind of know the spot. You have to know this is part of FIBA. This is what I was talking about with Canada is, like, part of dealing with the FIBA game is knowing that the refs are going to be pretty strict. It's going to be kind of wild in terms of there are going to be stretches of games where you feel like the whistle is totally against you. That's just all part of the FIBA experience. And it, it seems, again, like Canada's kind of figured that out. And it's it's a long time coming. I'm very glad it's kind of happened. But that that's part of the deal here. 
it's just such a mind f experience when you think of <laughs> when you think of well you know what it's just gonna be unfair and that just doesn't work in luca's brain at mm. this at this stage in his career this stage in his life like hey just just deal with it it's just gonna be unfair it just doesn't work for him at this point and he's got to at least accept or at least be able to to push past some of that and be able to push past and say well I, i've got to stay in this game i've got to be you know be better at staying in the uh you know staying in the game of not letting the refs get to me and honestly of just not letting the refs take him out of individual plays mm-hmm. <laughs> like the individual plays where he's the one that is uh you know is not getting back on defense and then his teammates take on the same persona it was a really big issue in this game you can blame the refs all you want you can blame luca i think there's enough blame to go around for a loss like this but coming up let's talk about how this game was actually won how did canada win this game how did slovenia even stay in this game we'll talk about all that and more coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about FanDuel. FanDuel Sportsbook has you covered with all kinds of odds and lines. Take your first swing at betting MLB with FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right, just 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets. You can get that right now on FanDuel Sportsbook. They have FIBA, so if you're interested in any kind of uh, Canada action, Sean, going forward in this one. Canada, Serbia, 4.45 a.m. on Friday. Let's go. They don't have that up yet, just yet on on, on here. But they do have um, Italy, Latvia. Latvia is a 1.5-point favorite. That one's interesting. USA, Germany. That's that's going to be a good game. Germany's been really good. Obviously, Team USA. Team USA is a 10.5-point favorite in that one. So if you're feeling Germany, if you're out there like – you know, you're a lingering Dirk fan that's listening to Lockdown Mavs from Germany. Dennis maybe. Schroeder, Raptors and, fans, baby. And, He's and, our great hope filling in for Fred Van Vliet. He's all we got. <laughs> or if you're a Raptors fan, Dennis Schroeder, you can get Germany plus 10 and a half on that one. Even if they lose by eight, you still win that one. So check it out. Again, go to FanDuel.com slash Lockdown today to get started. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us on Lockdown Mavs, Lockdown Raptors, being part of the show, part of the Everydayer crew. We appreciate you for listening. All right, Sean, let's talk about how this game was won. We talked a little bit at the top about that third quarter. They, they were 50-50 through the, the first half, which is kind of wild. I don't know if I've – I can't remember the last game I've seen that was actually 50-50. Like, it felt like it, <laughs> felt like it was tied and 50-50, and it was – It's like the fake the score drawn up, like written in a book by someone who's never really played or watched basketball, just <laughs> yeah. like making up – that sounds like a basketball score, sure. Uh, it's like a game is going on in the background of like a sitcom or something. Like, tied 50-50 <laughs> at halftime. Uh, at the end of the second quarter, Slovenia started going small with about five. I guess it's the middle of the second quarter, five minutes left. Slovenia went small. We had not seen that very often. And so, and the Raptors really have, or not the Raptors, Canada really had. Don't worry, I do that all the time as well. Uh, <laughs> Canada, I do it with the Mavericks in Slovenia too. Uh, Canada hadn't done that very often either. They've gone one big with Dwight or with, you know, with Kelly Olinick, but they, I haven't seen them go small small very often and both teams went there and Canada went on an 8-0 run at that point Luca got called for a tech it was his second foul it looked like a real turning point and then Slovenia ended up just holding strong and and getting it tied 50-50 by halftime yeah like them going small that was an interesting look I I think it made sense in this matchup specifically against Slovenia just because I think Canada 
probably has more players than any other team in the tournament to just throw at Luka Doncic, who you're comfortable with on a switch. And we saw early in this game, Dwight Powell, your boy, was getting switched on to Luka quite a bit, and that was causing a lot of problems. They had to overhelp. Prepolic was going off for threes. You know, everyone on Slovenia was banging in threes to start this game. But a lot of it was because they were kind of forcing that switch of Powell onto Doncic, and that was leading to all sorts of bad stuff on the back end of possessions when help came. You know, you go to RJ Barrett or Dylan Brooks, whoever you you, you pick as the five, and you can just switch across the board. And, you know, sure, you probably don't want Shea Gildas-Alexander guarding Luka Doncic all the time on switches, but it seemed like they were really hunting Lou Dort for some reason. Like, very good <laughs> stout defender, but they kept on getting that switch, and it was working just fine for Canada. And I think... That was a pretty interesting tactical maneuver, although it's not really what blew this game open. You mentioned, like, Slovenia came back and tied it up before the half. Where this game really got out of control for Slovenia was in the third quarter when Kelly Olenek was on the floor. They went with their two-big lineup with Olenek and Powell. Olenek was a plus 27 in this game. Yeah. Really nice to see after he was In 23 minutes. Yeah, and he was not so good in the Spain game. He kind of got bludgeoned by Willie Hernan Gomez, which is a thing to say. Uh, (laughs) Bludgeoned by Willie Hernan Gomez uh, in 2023. Unbelievable. Not even Bo Cruz. Not even Wancho. Not even Bo Cruz. (laughs) Willie, the other one. But Uh, I think, you know, in that third quarter, Nick, like the, I mean, Canada's transition game got going. I think a a big part of this was like Luca not getting back for defense after complaining about calls. And you saw RJ Barrett kind of get in and running. He had a massive game, 24 on 8 of 16 shooting. And it really was, I think, like the athleticism that was on display in that third quarter as they got out and running that really kind of showed the difference between these two squads. And uh, as much as I thought that was a smart move by Jordi Fernandez to go small in the second quarter, it did feel like that third quarter it just the overwhelming nature of Canada against Slovenia's athletes is really what drove this one in Canada's favor it felt like and we felt this several times it felt like every single athlete or at least in the starting lineup for Canada was better than Slovenia's athletes (laughs) athletes and that's been the case in a lot of these FIBA games is that Slovenia just doesn't have the athletes they don't have that they don't have the NBA talent they don't even have like the Euro League talent compared <laughs> compared to this. I mean, they have Luca as the one, obviously, top five player in the world, which is a good advantage. But then outside of that, like Vlako Chanchar is supposed to be on this team. He got hurt early in this FIBA, you know, in this FIBA run. He's an NBA player for the Nuggets, and so he's not in there. Uh, Jakob Blazic was supposed to be a starter for this team, and then he got injured early in, the, in this run as well. And so he came back in this one and was, you know, didn't look as good as he had been. They just don't have... The, the talent to, to hang with some of these teams. And so what mm-hmm. they can do though, is they can hit threes. There's so yeah. many guys on this team that can, they can hit a three and they had to hit really well. And they hit 15, 31, like you said, 48%, which is an, a crazy mark. That's what they had to do to stay in this game. And if there's going to be any other disadvantage in Slovenia, and obviously Luca felt like the, the refs and the calls they were getting was a disadvantage. If there's going to be any other disadvantage like that, it was hard to see how they were going to come out of this game because their plan against Canada was, all right, we're going to let SGA try and cook one-on-one and just let him get his. And we're going to let some of these shooters try to beat us too. Like Mm -hmm. we'll let RJ Barrett take how many shots, six threes, 16 shots, you know, 16 shots. A lot of his eight of his makes, I felt like maybe four or five of them were just like layups at the rim because he's more (laughs) athletic and quicker than everybody else. We're going to let, uh, you know, Lou Dort takes some threes. We're going to let Dylan Brooks take the shot and try and let one of those wildcard scores take Canada out of the game. That, that felt like their, their one play that they tried to, to do. 
Yeah, I mean, they kind of have to play like a souped-up version of Latvia, right? Like, Latvia obviously doesn't have Luka, pretty notable distinction, but Latvia's whole thing was, yeah. yeah. It's pretty close. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we're kind of outgunned talent-wise, but we can bomb away from three and play the variance game, and in a single elimination game, you could do a lot worse than playing the variance game when you have legitimate, credible shooters on your roster. I know Slovenia came into this game as like the ninth best team uh, 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 in terms of overall uh, three-point uh, percentage in this tournament. They were first in three-point volume. Like, they, they they put them up. And, you know, Canada, I think, would, you know, this was the thing in the first half. You could look at it and say, wow, Canada's the favorite. It's tied 50-50. I didn't think Canada did anything in the first half that was notably bad. I think, you know, Slovenia was just banging well, in triples, and there was nothing to do from about from three. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> and Slovenia so I was, was like... You probably don't have to change up the formula too much here. Do what you've done through the first half, and like variance will ultimately kind of kick in here, and that's exactly what happened. Then, we, then we get to that third quarter, and that's really where the you know, Canada went on that run. Uh, eight from the eight fifty mark to the four twenty mark in the third quarter, Canada went on a seventeen to three run. Yeah, where it was the the height of. Slovenia keeps complaining about calls. They're not getting back in, in you know, in transition. They're, they're turnover, like bad turnovers, things like that. It just really started falling apart for them at that point. And Luca wasn't hitting at the rim at times. No, and he he was get he was getting to the rim. He was getting to his spot, but he wasn't finishing around the rim. He's been dealing with a left thigh injury. It didn't seem like it bothered him too much in this game, but um, you know, you think about that. He had the elbow thing early in the you know the first half that he had been dealing with as well, but. There's, you know, no complaints about that. He hits a step back three with 44 seconds left in the third quarter. And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's, he's totally fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But, um, but yeah, that, that, that third quarter run is really where Canada separated themselves. And it was because they're athletes. It's hard to play against a team with Lou Dort, Dylan Brooks, uh, SGA, <laughs> RJ Barrett, like those as your wing defenders, especially mm-hmm. if you can put all four of them out at the same time, like they were doing mm-hmm. that just, that changes a game for, uh, you know, for a team like that. Yeah, for sure. And I think like Canada got a couple of really good contributions. Like Nikhil Alexander Walker was awesome off the bench in this game. He goes five of eight, three of six from deep. He's been really, really good for the most part in this tournament. A couple of duds, but for the most part, been the real spark plug off the bench here. And like, shout out Dylan Brooks, man. He's been awesome in He's the last really couple of games for run. Canada. Um, you know, had a lot of foul trouble throughout this tournament. And, and, you know, that's the kind of the risk you run at all times with Dylan Brooks. He had four fouls in this game before getting ejected. Uh, you know, it's just kind of the deal with him, especially in FIBA, where you have the one fewer foul to work with. But he had three of his five threes. He's been such like a... This is actually a thing that's really stood out to me about this Canada team. Is yes, SGA is this incredible kind of head of the snake. But they have a lot of dudes who can make plays on the catch and sort of secondary actions, right? You know, Dylan Brooks can go make something happen. Even Lou Dort, his handle is wild. It is like a total disaster. But once he gets cooking and gets downhill, he can make stuff happen. We know RJ Barrett can do it. Uh, and Nikhil Alexander-Walker is another. Like, there's just a lot of options here. And so you get the ball out of Shea's hands, great. There's other guys who can really punish you. And that was, like, really on display in this game. Shea only took 12 shots from the field in this game. He racked up the, the, the points from the line, obviously. But this was not a game where Shea had to just completely overtake everything. It was a very sort of by-committee effort for the, the top Canadians. And I think it speaks to, you know, the value of having those extra dudes who can kind of make stuff happen on the second side. Coming up, let's share some notes on other things that we saw in this game, other observations, and then let's talk about what's next for Canada and Slovenia in this FIBA run. We'll talk about all that coming up. 
All right, Sean Woodley, Locked On Mavs, Locked On Raptors, crossover, Team Canada, Team. Neither of us are really covering the team that we actually, that we actually cover, if you think about it. <laughs> Do you want to talk about the Raptors right now? I certainly don't. Uh, wake me when they have a roster that makes some sense. And to you, do you want to talk about Kyrie Irving? Uh, boy, am I glad that I'm not in your chair because that would be a nightmare. Coming up tomorrow on Lockdown Maps, we talk about all about Kyrie Irving. And Sean Woodley does not have to be there to do it. Uh, any other notes, things that you noticed in this game? I guess I'll, I'll note that Slovenia did play small a little bit. Uh, Mike Toby only played 23 minutes in this one. You had Demets played 10 minutes, which is about normal for him. So th- they played what almost 10 minutes without a without a center or eight mm-hmm. eight minutes, I guess, without a center in a 40 minute game. And that was kind of notable to me. We really hadn't seen that at all for Slovenia, and I, it was interesting to see that Mike Toby not get a ton of run. I guess they're scared of Kelly Olynyk, <laughs> but but they really wanted everyone's to do was, scared of Kelly Olynyk. He's a they really a monster. To, they really wanted to just spread the floor and get as many three-point shooters out, out there as possible. And they also had to have guys that could keep up with switching on some of the on some of these Canada athletes if they had to, mm-hmm. you know, switch at, at any given point. So that was that was interesting to me. Anything on Canada side that you found interesting? I mean, I think for me, you know, we talked about them going small and we did see a little stretch of the game where Kyle Alexander got run for them as yeah. their sort of backup five. Kyle Alexander, not an NBA guy, you know, he's kicked around I think the G League, he's been the Canadian Elite Basketball League, uh played overseas and all that. Um, you know, he is probably their most athletic big man as far as like traditional bigs go. I'd still probably rather just have RJ Barrett or Dylan Brooks. Oh, that is the five. That is but... Dwight Powell erasure right there. That is. That is just... <laughs> and look, I love Dwight Powell, a really good FIBA player, but you know, we've seen the limitations for him a little bit in this tournament. Offensively, he's just not really packing all that much of a punch and Kelly Olynyk's been hitting some threes here and there, but when he's not been on, like I think the weakness for this Canada team has and always will be until they kind of develop some more bigs has been the front court right and I do think it's interesting to see what's going to happen when they play against Serbia obviously a bruising nasty team Nikola Jovic has been really good I would expect you know an Olenek or a pal to be able to match up just fine with Jovic and frankly I think Canada is probably breathing kind of easier knowing that they don't have to go and bang with Jonas Valanciunas in a semifinal for Lithuania after they bowed out against Serbia Um, but that is going to continue to be the question we were even kicking around in the Lockdown Raptors Discord during this game, thinking about like who are the bigs on the Olympic team next year for Canada? Of course, they've qualified, but like who is the best big in Canada? It might be Brandon Clark, who's gonna like miss the whole year with an Achilles injury. That's kind of a, a little interesting thing to keep an eye on. Does Zach Eady develop yeah. a- enough over the next year to be like a regular staple on that team and just makes the team because he's large? Um, we'll see. But that that continues to be ever since Tristan Thompson's kind of decline kicked in. They haven't really had a go-to big man they can really trust at all times. Obviously, Olinick has been really good for them in FIBA, but the, the you know the, there's an extent to which he can be effective against certain matchups. Uh, you know, we saw him get benched in the. Sp- game for example and so maybe it doesn't come back to hurt them in the Serbia game but if they make it to the final and they're up against you know either Germany you know obviously the states with the the, the loaded front court they're going to have can they hang there that's going to be I think the big sort of determining factor here for Canada's success not just now but uh, through the rest of this golden era that they seem to be kind of moving themselves into here now that they have all these commitments from the nationals from, from the Canadian guys across the board none of them notably are really reliable good centers just yet next for Slovenia they play a consolation game I guess 
two consolation games. You got to play for fifth place, baby. FIBA ranking points are huge. They play, they'll technically, <laughs> on the schedule here, they play tomorrow. They play Thursday mm-hmm. against Lithuania. And so there's that game. We'll see if Luca plays in that game. It's a, it's a back-to-back. I, that, that'll be interesting. I think he'll play just because he's an, he's a, crazy person and he loves playing for slovenia and you know like like you said fiba points and all that and so they play that game and then they'll play another game sunday it looks like Mm -hmm. to to try and figure out who's gonna uh come in you know the next places like you said for canada though much more interesting they they move on (laughs) and play against serbia the nasty serbia as you as you've coined them uh they they play them on friday and then Team USA plays Germany, and then whoever wins between those two will face off in the finals. How are you feeling again about Serbia? I mean, probably the most worried I've been about a, a Team Canada opponent so far. I mean, the Spain game was its own thing because of the stakes involved there with the Olympic bid on the line. By the way, Slovenia, with this loss, has to go to a last-chance tournament to qualify for the Olympics next summer. That's a thing. I have lived the last chance tournament life. It sucks. I hate it. I do not <laughs> wish it upon my worst enemy. Uh, and so have fun with that next summer. I'm sure Luca will give them a pretty decent shot of coming out of whatever tournament they get plopped into. But you don't want to be doing that in the lead up to the Olympics, no doubt. Um, with Canada, though, yeah, like Serbia, it's going to be a tough matchup. I-, I still think Canada on overall talent is the number two team in this field behind the States. And I think you could honestly make an argument that they are closer to the States than you might give them credit for. Obviously, the States don't have their A team, and they have a very good squad. They've played very well. They have a massive point differential, but Shea Gildas-Alexander is the best player left in this tournament with Luka going out. I don't think that's even really a question. He's seemingly the clear MVP favorite for the tournament now at this point, too, and that's going to give them a real puncher's chance. Like They have the best closer on the board left, you know, Bogdan Bogdanovich has been awesome for Serbia. That Serbia team, like Filip Petrosev, has been really awesome. Um, you know, they, they, Jovic has, has really looked good. Maybe making that Dane Lillard trade more likely to happen or less likely. I don't know that. But maybe that's just never happening. Neither um, likely. Yeah. It, it, I think, uh, yeah, this is going to be uh, a super fun matchup, a really good test for Canada. And they're sort of, as I mentioned off the top, they're the sort of ability to match the FIBA brand of basketball and play within it, this will be probably the ultimate test of that before they get to a, hopefully an eventual final against Germany or the States. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I'll be up at 4.45 a.m. on Friday to watch it. You can you can bet that. <laughs> uh, but, you know, like, c- can we play it later? Like, <laughs> what, what, why? Why, why, why is this the, the schedule? That's fine. I guess the States get the primetime slot, whatever, um, even though Canada is more entertaining and has the best player if you want to tv execs out there if you want to flip-flop the schedule i will not complain it's like a 4 p.m local time game too like we really have to be playing games in like the mid (laughs) the mid afternoon over there in manila Uh, (laughs) yeah so then canada serbia that game will be interesting we have usa germany and then the winner and then in fiba will come out of these four it's it's fascinating to see any other thoughts about team canada slovenia anything else with with these two teams it's been, I guess I'll do the, can I, should I do the, the, like, the funeral, the funeral for Slovenia now? That yeah, do the, do the Slovenia funeral. We got plenty of Canada to talk about still, uh, as they are still alive. But yeah, go, go do the funeral before the consolation games, which I think is sacrilege because the consolation games are so important. It matters so much, but yes, <laughs> well, uh, please do we'll the obituary. They, we'll see if they matter. If, if, if Luca actually plays or not, this, yeah. this Slovenia team was, was one of their most undermanned teams they've had in a while. And so coming into this tournament, I didn't have a ton of faith 
in this group. They needed to just hit a ton of threes. Luca had to be really, really good, really fresh. I was really interested to see how Luca looked, how he, he looked physically, how he dealt with some of the, you know, carrying a team with, with this much of a load. It felt a lot like last year's Mavericks teams at times where they just mm. were undermanned, undersized, didn't have enough athleticism. You're like, okay, what do, what do they have at a certain point? They have three-point shooting and they have, you know, guys that can move the ball a little bit, but then there's Luca playing his ball. And so now you look forward for Slovenia and you say, okay, well, you have Ziga Samar, who's a you know young guard that was off the bench. He didn't play in this one. He played sparingly in this in this run. He's 22. Maybe next year he takes another step forward. They play him a little bit more. That's that's your your chance. And then there's Jan Vide, who's who's coming up, who's a, a younger guy for Slovenia that's supposed to be even better than than Ziga Samar. But those that's your chance going forward for some young talent to play with Luca because some of these guys, you know, Zoran Dragic is what 33, 34. He's aging out. Goran Dragic is obviously aged out of the Slovenia team. And uh, and so you've got some of these guys that have, have played, but then you've got some young talent coming up that I think you can be excited about if you're Slovenia, even though their their run ends here. I wouldn't even say their run ends early. This is kind of where they were expected to, to expected to be at this point. They won all the games they're favored in, in yeah. the, you know, the tournament run. They lost the game that they were not favored in by eight and a half points. So Slovenia goes down in this FIBA tournament. Canada moves on. You can follow Locked On Raptors for more on that team. They'll be covering Canada. You can follow Locked On Mavs for more. I guess we'll still cover Canada because Dwight Powell is still on there. I've Dwight, been baby, those, yeah. I've been covering those <laughs> games as a, you know, like as an aside, but I guess we'll we'll cover them now. So there you go. Guys, go subscribe to each individual podcast. We'll be all throughout the offseason and five days a week all throughout the season. If you need a show covering your favorite team every day, go follow them. Link in the description. Guys, thanks for listening to Lockdown Mavs, Lockdown Raptors. 